One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. We've met met our ten o'clock hour. Welcome to North Coast United Methodist Church. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. It is a blessing and a privilege to have you with us here today. Now, uh, very caringly, I was asked a few weeks ago about the potential of doing something during prayer time. And with my busyness of getting ready for worship, I have forgotten two weeks in a row. So I want to start this way. What I would like for us all to do is sort of in a sign of praise and and care for everyone. There's times that we have unspoken prayer requests that we don't want to ask out loud. We're either afraid of the response, we're, there's something within it that's deep and worrisome, and it's not good or bad or indifferent, but there's sometimes that we are praying for things that, and there's reasons we can't share them out loud. So at this time, if we could just all raise one hand in, a, in an active prayer, and say, precious God, for all of the thoughts that we hold within our hearts that we are afraid to express out loud, be real and caring. Amen. And now we'll move into our time of spoken prayer requests. Are there any spoken prayers? Margaret. Stephen Wright, surgery for a brain tumor. Thank you. Any other prayer requests? We'll continue to pray for the actions between Russia and Ukraine. We'll pray for our denomination as news continues on our actions as we move forward to what will become. And we'll pray for our unity together as we pray for each other. I will give you a quick update on my dad. I received news this morning that they're going to give him a, a feeding tube today. So we are, we are not progressing. We are definitely declining. I will be leaving tomorrow morning at 6.20 a.m. to go be with him. And uh, next weekend for the 20th, my dear friend, and many of you have met her many times uh, as our officiant for our church conference meetings, uh, Dr. Reverend Faith Conklin will be our speaker uh, next Sunday. So if you be in prayer for her and her place of preparation, and be in prayer for our community as we celebrate Christ together and apart. And I will now turn things over to our morning announcements. Precious God, be with us in these prayer requests and be real. Watch over Stephen and watch over us all. Amen. Good morning. I, golly, I've got a whole page full again, so got to put those listening caps on like they tell uh, kids in elementary school, because there's a lot going and we'll go through this fast. But I would like to start off calling your attention to the beautiful flowers, and those are in honor, in memory of um, uh, Mary Sulik's sister, Margie, so beautiful flowers. Um, Last week, I mentioned that the church had given $1,000 from uh, to UMCOR. That money actually, I forgot to mention, actually comes from the Helping Hands Fund. So you will remember, I'm sure, noticing this little wishing well before with a Helping Hands sign on it. That's for any kind of donations that go into the Helping Hands Fund. And that's where the Benevolence Committee was able to get that money that we were able to send to UMCOR in support of Ukrainian refugees. Uh, now, reviewing the calendar, the next book club is on Thursday, the 28th of April, one o'clock. Um, 17th of April, of course, is Easter. So make sure you've got that start on your calendars. Easter service will be 10 a.m. here. Holy Week services on Thursday. There's an 11 a.m. service here for Monday, Thursday. Friday, Good Friday, 11 a.m. service here. 
And then Holy Saturday, there'll be a YouTube service available. So you can look for that through the internet. Um, Sunday, the 3rd of April is the next kids club. And it will also be the youth who will meet at the same time. So it's gonna be a, a joint group between both age groups, the kids club and the youth group, Sunday, the 3rd of April, right after church. On Saturday, the 2nd of April, that's that spring cleanup that we're gonna be doing here to make sure that the sanctuary is sparkling for Easter. Um, 16th, this Wednesday, is the Bloodmobile Drive. There are these little reminders by both of the exit doors. It's from one to six here in the parking lot. And it is recommended that you go online and schedule your appointment. Um, there were plenty of appointments the other day when I scheduled. So make sure you do that. It, it makes their job easier and it, and it makes your time use a little bit more efficient as well. A Monday tomorrow, the 14th of March, 6 a.m., Brother Benno's, which is going to seem real early, I imagine, come tomorrow. It's going to seem more like four. I'm, you know, I'm just saying. Um, one, one tomorrow, one, at 1 p.m. in the afternoon, is the next uh, prayer shawl knitting group meeting. Uh, on this Thursday, uh, which happens to be St. Patrick's Day, but on this Thursday and Thursday, the 24th of March, there will be no Zoom prayer group meeting. But we will be having the Bible study, the Lenten Bible study series um, on Tuesdays, and that will continue. So 10 o'clock on Tuesday for the words of life. And then, of course, today at noon is coffee without coffee on Zoom. And um, I see several people did notice the signs on the door. And for, for those of you who the door was open and you didn't notice a sign, um, fully vaccinated people are welcome to choose to wear masks or not. Um, we do ask that those who are unvaccinated, please continue to wear masks. And there are masks still available out in the narthex. So thank you all. That's it, Pastor. Join us together with Cornerstone. Um.
Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems to hide His changing grace in every high and stormy gale my anchor holds within the veil Christ alone cornerstone weak made strong in the Savior's love through storm. He is Lord, Lord of all. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone. Stand before the throne, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. morning. Please stand and join me in the call to worship as you are able. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. God's promises are sure. time with our kids well, everybody's got got carpets and we're all spread out and i need more what a cool problem miss lorraine i need two more carpets that is a cool problem here sit right there there we go growth it's good to have you all together today so i need to ask you a question do you know what you lost last night? Time. I know what I lost last night when I woke up this morning. I lost an hour of sleeping, and I still feel it right now. I didn't have my 17 cups of coffee yet to get my brain back in the gear from losing one hour of sleep. Time's really special, huh? We need every second that we can to learn things. I needed every second that I had before a test in school, and I needed every second that I had before a big game when I played baseball or I wrestled. I needed every second of practice so I could get ready because time is really important. 
Now, sometimes we want to do some cool things and they don't happen quick enough because we really want to do it. How many of you remember learning to ride a bike? So maybe some of you haven't even tried to practice that, but you remember learning to ride a bike? You remember hopping on it the first time and you just wanted to ride that bike like all of your buddies, but you couldn't get it to stay up and it toppled over? But now you ride it pretty well, huh? And now, even after some time that you don't ride it, you're able to hop on that bike and ride it pretty well. Because sometimes the things that it takes time to learn are the most precious things, and they're the things that we remember the longest. There's a phrase that says, you never forget to ride a bike, and I have realized that that's true. Sometimes you need a little time to get back in the groove, but it's, you never really lose it. So the things you work hard on and the things you spend extra time on are the lasting things that are permanent and meaningful. So I'm going to talk about that with the grown-ups today, and I'm not quite sure what your Sunday school is about, but I want you to remember every time that you start practicing something and you don't quite get it right away, hang in there because eventually you'll get it, and it'll be very meaningful and long-lasting. Dear God, thank you for being with me on my learning journey. Amen. All right, friends, enjoy Sunday school. Please join me, please be seated and join me in a time for prayer. God of every blessing, gather us under the wings of your love. Strengthen us during the times of weakness and give us courage in times of fear and doubt. Bless us with the steadfast faith to trust your promises and to walk in your ways. Amen. Join me in the Lord's prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those trespasses against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power and the glory for and ever. Amen. Let's join together in our prayer of assurance. God's blessings call to us. Christ's love gathers us here as God's beloved, protected by grace. The Spirit's grace makes us whole. 
when all hope seems lost. Thanks be to God. Today's scripture reading is from John 2, verses 13 to 22. Jesus clears the temple courts. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went down to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove them from the temple courts. Both sheep and cattle, he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold the doves, he said, get those out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remember that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, what a sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all of this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, it has taken six, 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. The words of God. Amen. Before that, I pray to begin the sermon, and that's when you'll know the sermon's beginning. I'm going to ramble before I actually start the sermon, and then I'll pray, and then you'll know the sermon starting. I see a lot of you with your arms crossed because you're cold. <laughs> I need you to know that that cold breeze is why we're able to make the decision on if you choose to wear a mask or not. That airflow is both a curse and a blessing. <laughs> As you're cold in your chairs, that air moving around here helps us breathe a little bit clearer. Now, I want to share another blessing that I've had this morning, and that is this. I am just emotionally moved that we didn't have enough blankets for the kids to sit on. All of our friends are here at the same time. We saw them all together. And it's my hope that we, Miss Lorraine, I got to get you on double duty. You might have to go to the textiles to get this order done. But I'd love for us to have blankets all across the front of this floor for us to have friends on. But today, a very moving moment that we didn't have enough of Miss Lorraine's mats because we had more kids than mats. That is a really great moment today. All these things that, oh, wait, I told you I would pray. Precious God, as we move into our time of prayer and move into our time of sermon, be with us. Help us to see things in your timing. Amen. All the things that I just shared with you reaches into God's timing. And a lot of the narrative fits into the idea of when we began to learn to ride a bike, at least for me. Where I grew up, I had big, huge fields to ride a bike around. I had places that my cousins and I built ramps and stuff that we probably shouldn't have done. There was one time I rode on my cousin Jerry's shoulders as we rode down the hill on a bicycle, and praise Jesus, I'm still here. And there's all this excitement because we watch all of our friends and our, our cousins and our family ride these bikes, and we want to join in with them immediately. And we want that excitement that we've got this brand new bike, and we want to go out and use it, and, and we want to be a part of all the fun and the adventure that we have watched. But unfortunately, sometimes it takes time to learn how to do things safely to learn how to do things properly, and to give others time to become invested in it as well and join in. I had a learning how to ride a bike experience today because we didn't have enough of Miss Lorraine's mats. When I started here so long ago, and Jennifer Laxon will share this with you because she's been a part of my journey longer than here, 
I left a very large youth program and a very large children's program to come to Oceanside, California to be the pastor. And I immediately wanted to ride the bicycle. I needed to have kids here that next week. And here we are, what, five years later? And today we had more kids than Matt's. And today I have a big smile on my face. And the day my heart is full of joy because of the journey that I've had with many of you, Miss Jan and Miss Raquel and Miss Nancy. And Annie's starting to help with youth group stuff now. We've had this long journey of preparation that it has taken preparation to do. No matter how successful something is in a different setting, it doesn't mean it'll be successful in a new setting. And one of the new one of the things we very much view as we look at the life of Christ, it's Jesus Christ that begins to prepare others to participate in the journey before that the mission begins. We see that all the way into Mark chapter four as Jesus Christ goes into the wilderness to be tempted. And after that temptation, he's being prepared for his ministry. And the very first thing that Jesus Christ does is he doesn't go out and preach. He doesn't go out and start to prepare buildings or program structures. The very first thing that Jesus Christ does is he selects the people that's going to go on the journey with them. Today, after a long journey of preparing people to go on the journey with us, we had too many kids for the mats. Two Sundays ago, we had our first in-person youth group meeting, and there was five teenagers and my oldest daughter playing games together. And I looked over as I was preparing the hamburgers and the hot dogs, both filled with happiness to see all these teenagers on our campus having what will be called Next Gen. That'll be the name of our youth group. Here doing that. And then, you know, the other side is, I kind of like the kid that was leading it, and that was pretty cool too. And no matter how much I threatened her, she followed my path. That was pretty cool to watch. Pretty cool to watch. All of these things exist in the Kairos, and I want to share with you what Kairos is. Kairos is God's timing. Kairos exists within a time frame that is outside of our control and outside of our understanding. Kairos exists within a frame of preparation so that when we reach a final goal, we understand it, we celebrate it, and we can really deeply be involved in it. Because as I shared with you, as I shared the conversation of Christ being tempted and actually having to choose between two goods, it's the journey that makes the difference. I'm going to ask a question. I want everyone to be honest, and I guarantee you not one female hand will raise, but mostly males' hands will raise. How many of you have bought a new piece of electronic and just plug it in and tried to use it? Please be honest. Thank you for being honest, Shan. And how many of you have broken that new cool electronic device because you didn't use it right? Joseph, you're my new hero and my friend for your honesty. And, and Gretchen is pointing at me because I need to raise my hand right now, too. It's amazing what we do when we spend time following directions, and not just following directions, learning the directions, interacting with the directions, finding our deep personal understanding with the directions so that when we finally use this device, whatever it is for the first time, we use it right and we get to have the complete and total benefits of it. And then you don't have to be Gretchen Davis listening to her husband cursing under his breath because he can't tape wrestling because he doesn't know how to use the DVR. But the blessings in the journey, the blessings of Kairos, 
That's what we see within the Scripture. And as we talk about Christ turning the tables over on understandings, we finally get to the source reference of that phrase. This is Jesus Christ literally turning the tables over so that individuals can see that they're important. Now, many times that we've used this scripture and we've used it in the conversation that this is an example of Jesus Christ being angry. This is an example that even Christ, the, design, the divine Savior, is one that was moved to a point of anger. We've used that so that we can explain and justify our places with our human experience. And, you know, I kind of believe it. And I also believe that there's a different level to this. As Christ exists within Kairos, and individuals are there viewing everything that Jesus Christ is doing, this isn't just an imagery of Christ using, losing his temper. This is an imagery of Christ knowing everything that's happening in one moment a divine caro swirling around itself within one situation. Christ is having to deal with individuals that have ruined the temple. Christ also has to become the loud voice advocate for individuals who have been pushed aside because in this moment, they have been told their best is not good enough. That's the experience that the individuals are feeling when they arrived to this temple, they didn't pay $6.75 for gas and drive across this 78 to go to the temple for this place of worship. They went on days upon days journey, carrying with them the best that they had. They went on a journey to participate in a crucial element of their faith, bringing with them the best that they had, and they had someone standing at the front door telling them, your best is not enough. That's what the worshipers felt that day as they arrived at this place. Christ is observing this, and Christ is viewing those, the money changers, and those who brought other things for the ritualistic sacrifice to be used. And Christ sees a moment that he has to both address the wrong, and Christ sees a moment that he has to lift up and remind those that your best is enough. And within that moment, I feel within frustration and anger for those that have taken advantage of a situation and as a sign of support and advocacy for those being taken advantage of, Christ responds. So within this, there is the response of anger that I learned so much in Sunday school. And there is a Christ that I believe that is always aware of everything that's happening, who never has a wasted moment or wasted actions, and he becomes the defender and the teacher in one moment of divine keros. I want us to think about the places that we feel less than. I want us to think about the places that we have gone and we have been forced to feel that our best isn't enough. And I want you to take a moment to pray through the individual that proved you wrong. It could be, for me, a choir teacher that taught that there are gifts that can be used for better things. It can be, like I know for others, a coach that introduced them to dancing lessons for the first time. For others that I know, there's a person that taught them why that the 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 strings are sewed on a baseball in a specific way so that it will move in different directions when it gets caught in the wind. 
for others when it's the person that introduced them to their favorite book and opened a new world of reality to them through reading, which sparked imagination, which sparked a care of teaching others to read. And then we end up with people like LeVar Burton and Fred Rogers and Jim Henson. All of these dear individuals who at one crucial moment of Kairos existed within feelings of less than and were taught that they are gifted to do beautiful things that exist in this narrative. Now, the next thing becomes confusing to everyone that's listening except for the person that says it because Christ begins to explain that it's going to take time, journey with me. The most powerful statement that Christ shares in this, and for anybody that existed after 1976, I'll share it in a way that we've all heard it before. If you strike me down, I will only rise up stronger. Now we heard those words from Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, but Jesus Christ shares the words, if you tear this temple down in three days, it will rise again. Now, everyone listening to this that exists outside of the understanding of divine keros responds to this situation within their understanding. They immediately say, how can you build the temple back up? It took 40 years to build it where it is now. That response is the hindrance that helps us, to, that limits us from fully seeing what God is doing. It's the things that we say that I should be able to turn on this DVR and just use it without following the directions. I should be able to hop on this bike because I saw my cousins ride it so many times before. I should just be able to do it. It's the things that we want to limit ourselves from the Kairos journey instead of being a part of a new understanding that exists outside of us. When I need things my way with my understanding at my time right now, instead of journeying in the Kairos moment to understand. Christ says... If you strike this temple down three days later, it will be rebuilt. And then after the Kairos journey, as it says in the scripture, at the day of the resurrection, everyone that was present to hear these words finally understood. It's another level of the epiphany. We see the realization after the birth of Christ of these three kings who come and have a moment of acknowledgement that Christ is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but the epiphany is not limited to that moment. The epiphany is strengthened through our journey through God's Kairos time as we reach the other end and we see the blessing. We want it in the moment but that moment can take years upon years upon years. I've shared this many times, but I want to share it one more time because it exists in the Kairos. I finally got my first interview for full ordination. And I went in for my interview for full ordination. I felt really good about it, and I got home. And later that afternoon, I got a phone call. And I was so excited. I saw the name. I said, oh, here it comes. And the answer was not yet. <laughs> so next year I did the work. I went back. Year two. Here comes a phone call. Not yet. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times more. Not yet. But then year 10, year 10 was congratulations. It was in that moment of congratulations, just like those that heard Christ share in this scripture. And three days later, the temple will be rebuilt. 
And at the moment of resurrection, they understood what Christ was explaining. It was at year 10 that I realized, and I looked back at every note that I ever heard, took and heard. I improved there. I improved here. I improved here. I improved here. And I improved here. And I'm still trying to improve. And here we are. It's the Kairos timing. Because if I got it in stage one, I definitely would not be, have been prepared for COVID as a leader. Much less an individual that stands up and fully expresses the full gospel of Jesus Christ every weekend. We never know what the journey is actually preparing us for until we get to the other end of the journey. Sometimes we see the defender that's fighting for us, and other times we discover that we're actually watching the teacher that is preparing us to live at the fullness of our identities. That is what exists in this scripture of Christ turning over the tables. I want you to hold on to that reality. And yes, it's fun when we're losing monopoly to jump up and turn the table over and just be done with it. And when everybody gets mad at us, we say, wow, you just stared right at him when I said that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and after we turn it over, we say, that's what Jesus did. Okay. And... <laughs> Jesus was trying to teach a message of patience within the imagery of defense. I want you to remember that. The next time that something doesn't go the way that you wish it would in the first attempt, I want you to say the prayer, Blessed Lord, thank you for your divine keros. And then if it lasts as long as mine did, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more times. Thank you, Lord, for your divine keros. Because the time will come. We'll stand within the full understanding, and we'll realize that that temple did get rebuilt in three days. And we can stand in the blessings of that reality. And the night that Christ was with his followers in the upper room, he was moving closer to that moment of completion. He takes another moment within the reality of the divine Keros to explain what this journey actually is. He shares with those around them their part in this journey, not just in the part that leads up to the moment of the crucifixion, but the reality of their importance and leadership that will come after the resurrection. Today, as we celebrate the great thanksgiving, pray the prayer of the blessed Keros so that we can see God's blessings at the other end. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Through your divine guidance, you made a statement in the temple. You showed individuals that you were there to be their voice and showed others the importance of the actions of God's love. And so with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. He was handed over to death for our sins and was raised for our justification. Your Spirit anointed him to preach the good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. 
by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood, for it is through his blood that we are made whole. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Please receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. Your goodness is all around us, gracious God. Thank you for strengthening us, that we may share your goodness with the world around us. Bless these gifts, bless our lives, that we may share goodness with the world. Amen.
Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being a part of the blessings today. And thank you for being on this Kairos journey with us. It will always be a Kairos journey when things are going good and we have our high peaks and when we're in the valleys and we're wondering what's next and all things through God's timing, we will get there. Place your hope in the source of blessing. Do not fear to place your trust in God. Thank you, God, for being with us here today. Thank you all for coming. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. Amen.